It's fucking low, dude. <clears throat> That's right, Kathy. You just choke on that fucking Creative Explorer cum in the back of your throat. Get yourself I was ready. Not, I was choking on a cough drop, you pervert. <laughs> that is so not inspiring at the beginning of a show. I thought you were totally, <laughs> literally just like sucking them off just like yeah that's right mama's gonna do a show (laughs) oh my god in the back of my throat no it's okay i'm ready i'm ready to do a show and that's that but no cough drop is definitely a giant elevator down to the floor of lameness can you imagine what you would do if i mean i drink a glass of water while we're recording and you freak the fuck out. Can you imagine what would happen if I said, excuse me, Boogie, I have to go suck some dick right now. Just hold on a minute. Kathy, that would be amazing. No, you that say that, but literally, it like, no. no, Kathy, no, this is perverted podcast. We do demos like that. We used to do demos like that all the time. Our listeners would be elated to hear some Kathy gobble gobble. Oh my god. Elated. Really? Kathy, uh-huh. make it so. I shall not make it so. I'm gonna be a Picard. I'm gonna do my my Picard. Kathy, number two, make it so. <laughs> make it so. Gobble creative explorer's dick. Because if <laughs> I can't get meat in my mouth, Kathy, you gotta get meat in your mouth. Oh my one of us has to get meat in our mouths, is that it? One of us, because I'm not getting the fucking pig meat in my mouth right now. Oh, my God. You need to do it. I will explain after we start the show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording tonight through Zencaster, the website that just happened to be in the right place at the right time for this pandemic. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and Kathy, no, you are not sucking Creative Explorer meat, and I am not suckling the meat of thine dried pig. Oh my! I don't know what you just said when you try and act, you know, talk all fancy. I can't understand you. Well, God damn it. Take the fucking corn cob out of your ass because I got some splaining to do. All right, go ahead. The United States Postal Service has decided that I should not have meat. Therefore, I am meatless today. It was supposed to be Joe and me in the storage and meat. And there was none. None of that. I'm trying really hard to figure out what you mean by meat that's coming through the mail. Yes, male meat. <laughs> but not male, M-A-L-E, meat. Uh-huh. Male, uh-huh. M-A-I-L. Well, you know, there's always a chance. There's always a chance, Kathy, that one day you and I just 
together will be just we'll go off into like Griffith Park at night and just start sucking off dudes. You and what me are together. You talking about actually, that was a porn star that I used to date. She said that's what she used to do with her gay friend. They would like go up into the hills. Apparently, there's a hiking trail in Griffith Park out here in Los Angeles by the zoo. And and it's like, I guess a lot of gay guys hook up there or they used to. And so she used to go out there with her gay friend and they used to just go suck off guys. And so, yeah, Uh, that's that's called that's called living. Uh, Living. Is that what you call it? Uh, Right. up until the time that the hillside strangler shows up. Well, didn't I guess give him a blowjob and he won't feel that urge to kill anymore, you know? Oh, good question. Who knows? Maybe, okay, that didn't work for Jeffrey Dahmer, but maybe it could, you know, subdue another serial killer. Uh-huh. You're like, uh-huh. hey, you feel like going out and killing random people? You Why not just get a blowjob from Kathy? I have a suggestion. Let's not start the show by talking about serial killers. Okay, then. We'll talk about my meat. <laughs> Okay. The meat the meat not going in my mouth. Well, the problem is is okay. Of course this has to do with Leah Spencer because meat in the mail is a Leah Spencer thing. Her boss, they live in Texas and her boss guy um that she's basically his dominant and he's the pay pig. He every year they go to like the pig auctions and He's like a obsessed with honey baked ham, which if you don't know what honey baked ham is (laughs) here in the States, um, they basically take a ham and they take a torch and they glaze honey all around it and then bake it. And it's it's like ham crack. It is ham crack. And it's like 80 bucks for a hump of this shit. Right. And so this guy sends everyone honey baked hams like three times a year. Leah fucking hates honey baked ham. She's sick of ham. This has been going on for 20 years. Like 10 years ago when I lived at Larry's, she like mailed me a honey baked ham. Uh, They did the pig auction and they bought a whole pig and then they slaughtered it. And she sent me literally 65 pounds of pork, you know, like Leah sending me meat is a thing, right? And But it's been a lot of years. Uh-huh. So here it comes Christmas. Sure enough, the guy fucking, everyone get your honey-baked ham. She's like, I fucking hate honey-baked ham. I'll never eat it. And I'm like, you don't know how good meat sounds right now because I'm kind of meatless, you know? And she's like, I will send you this fucking ham. And I go, I can't eat 10 pounds of honey. You know how I would try. Mm-hmm. I would try to eat 10 pounds. Maybe I would come over and you and I could knock out three or four pounds in a sitting. (laughs) We would not be happy afterwards. That's true. It would probably be some type of, you know, terminal sickness thing. Right. So she's like, I'll mail it to you. And I'm like, well, I don't have a refrigerator to store it. And so... But all of a sudden, I remember, I go, wait a minute, you got that big, fancy food dehydrator, 10 levels, professional. She got into all the dehydration groups. They fucking dehydrate literally everything from baby wipes to toothpaste to meat to fruits and vegetables. People dehydrate everything. So she's in this group, and I go, why don't you, it's already spiral cut, so why don't you throw it in and dehydrate it and then ship it to me? And that way, you know, I can store that. Not that it's going to last long, but just in theory, you know. 
Right. So she's like, fuck it. I'll dehydrate an entire $80 honey baked ham and I will ship that fucker to you. And she did. She did, Kathy, almost two pounds. It dehydrated from like the eight pounds to two pounds of glorious, succulent, stick it in my mouth meat. Wait a minute. Now, so that's like a ham jerky now. It's now honey baked ham jerky. Got it. Okay. Which you know, you know. I to all of our vegan and vegetarian friends, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> so back to the meat. So she sends it and she's like, it's okay. Don't fuck off if you're a vegan or a vegetarian. Okay. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just very pro meat right now because I'm hungry. So I, it's good to be vegetarian. I, we should all eat less meat, but still eat meat, but just not every meal. Okay. Good there. Gravy. Public service announcement. The more you know, back to the pig. Okay. Back to the pig. So back to the pig. So she's like, it's going to be here on Tuesday. And I'm like waiting for it. And Joe has been nice enough to say, well, you can ship things to my place because it's safe to get things here. So I shipped a couple things there and I'm like, well, you're going to be on the show. So on Tuesday, get the meat. And then on Wednesday, he had to be kind of out here. So we'll record your segment in storage because he's desperate to get out of the fucking house. So yesterday he calls, it's supposed to be there like two days ago. And he's like, not here. My meat, Kathy, the meat that's supposed to go in my mouth, like creative explorers, dick succulently goes into your mouth, except oh kind of different, maybe tastes oh different. God. I hope it oh. tastes different. I mean, out loud. if dick tastes like honey baked ham, I should reevaluate my orientation. I was going to say, okay, if it did, I would be finding 10 guys to suck off. Oh, my God. It doesn't, though. Does it? No, unfortunately, no. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I could pour honey on it or brown sugar, but it just would not be the same. And then glaze it with a torch? That's probably not safe. Well, then I'd want to bite it, and that's no good. Okay, so I'll stay ahead for another day. We'll talk about this again tomorrow. (laughs) So... He's like, hey, it's not here. And I'm like, Wah! and so it's totally not there. So I'm like, Leah, sick him, you know, because she can be quite a Karen on the phone. So she'll call and she finds out and she's like, oh, I found it. Your package. If you don't know American geography, then you won't know what the fuck this is. So she's like, oh, it just arrived at the station in New Orleans. Louisiana. What did it go backwards? That is a thousand miles in the wrong fucking direction. I know. Where's my fucking jerky? It's a good thing it's dehydrated. It's fucking what the fuck? They literally sent my meat. It's now two days late in the wrong direction. In Louisiana. I'm in Los Angeles, fuckers. How did blah, blah, blah. Wow. So apparently, no meat. But then, all of a sudden, Joe calls me today. And he's like, hey, your meat got here. So they must have put it on a plane because they realized that they fucked up and sent it a thousand miles. So they must have put it on the USPS plane yesterday after it got. And then, so... I'm like my my fucking ham went to New Orleans, maybe fucking saw some titties at Mardi Gras. You know, did it's, some it's shit. It's having a better time than we are. 
It's having the, the pig is having a great time. <laughs> that jerky has seen more traveling than I have. So what you're saying is tomorrow you're going to get your dehydrated meat and you and Joe are going to record something. Yes, while eating the meat. So I just okay. wanted to preface it. That's why I wanted to talk about because we have nothing else sexually to talk about. Um, so we're going to okay. talk about that. That was it. That was the uh, potato mayhem, which is now ham because we didn't have potatoes. Oh, my God. Really? I don't know, Kathy. You didn't suck any dick this week? No. Um, Brat Blackout went into effect uh, last oh, night right. at 5 p.m. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah, hero sauce. Two and a half weeks, man. That's right. That's <laughs> right. He doesn't want to take a break. That's right. Why we talk are you about so excited meat. about this? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's good that you stand up for yourself. I think it would be, and we'll talk about this when we get into. Let's get into the fat life topic, okay. because this is because this is kind of goes it in line. Similar. Yeah, it's kind of similar. So let's just do that. Thank you all for listening to my meat story once again. No hard feelings, vegans. You know, I like you some of your food, but okay, here we go. Fit life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about fit life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, we have a returning author, a mischief managed has allowed us to use his post entitled you must rotate your wand oh my god rotate your wand over bunny's <laughs> pussy when you say that you're such a dork <laughs> that's what you do mischief managed that comes I, from harry potter believe me i know <laughs> oh okay all right uh he wrote a post called embracing the void of when a partner is with another person and he says, today my partner went on a poly date with someone she met at work. I used to be uncomfortable with this, probably because I had some lingering jealousy issues. But this time it's different. It wasn't the discomfort of her being with another man. It's that there's a palpable void around me. I've gotten so used to her being by my side with us doing things together or simply recuperating from life together that I can feel the vacuum of her not being there. But this void isn't a bad thing. Her absence allows me to dedicate my attention to others that may, hopefully, become just as important to me as she is. And even if another person doesn't fill this space, other things can. A hobby, time for self-care, sharing my feelings with those I care about so we can grow just a little closer. So that hopefully one day, a multitude of lives can overlap, be shared, and find spaces to give each person our full attention during these moments. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Here, here! Very interesting. Very, very, very interesting for me now. Uh huh. Wait, was I supposed to say something else? I, you sounded like you were going off on something. <laughs> I, I, I paused to give I you. I started the... thinking about the fucking ham. <laughs> Got, you know what? Be. You're going to be no good to me for the rest of the show because you've got ham on the brain. That's all you can think oh about. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Kathy, this topic is really, really good for me right now because it's kind of like growing pains and learning in my kind of change in dynamic with Mew. Uh-huh. But I would like to hear your thoughts first because you're a little more experienced in this type of void of the partner is now with somebody else. 
Right. Now, I don't... It's This is a very uh, subtle post. It seems to really not... If I would imagine a lot of people reading this would go, well, yeah, that's... Duh, that's a no-brainer. You just... Your partner's not there. You try and do other things. But to me, it means a lot more than that. And the reason why I liked it when I read it the first time was that it's... I I'm I can't I'm a kind of a contradiction because I love being alone. I love my independence. I like spending time just with myself. And then I like to go out and socialize with people, but I always need to come back to my own solitude. It's something that grounds me and I I very much enjoy it. Unfortunately, I'm also somebody who makes a very deep groove for herself when mm. she gets into the habit of anything. And I don't really re- notice it until I happen to look down one day and go, ha, huh, I've dug myself quite a groove into this and I'm used to it and I don't like letting go of it. It doesn't come easily to me. So I'm a bit of a mess inside my head when it comes to stuff like this. But I have found that what he discusses in the post is very much what saves me when I feel that I can't be with Creative Explorer or with my previous partner or anybody else. And it's not, believe me, this isn't just about, uh, this is a life lesson. It's not just about your sex partners or your kink partners. It's about anything that I find becomes a habit and something that I really, really like that I'm doing over and over again and I expect it and I want it and I get really upset and want to throw a tantrum when it's not there. And then all I have to do is calm down, remember that I'm someone who likes being alone And suddenly, it's as if the whole world opens up for me. I know how crazy that sounds, but I get so mired down in the fact that I can't have the thing that I want, and I start to feel depressed, and all I feel is distance, and then my old friend self-doubt creeps in and does the rest and makes me feel like shit because, oh yeah, Creative Explorer just, he must like somebody else other than me, that's it, any day now he's going to dump me. And before you know it, I'm going into a full-on depression. And usually I have found that surprisingly, it takes very little to knock myself out of it when I stop what I'm doing, figuratively turn around and look at the rest of my life and realize, you know what? I hadn't even realized it, but there's this project I wanted to do. There's that person I wanted to talk to. There's this video I wanted to see. And I suddenly find in the most ridiculous and funny way that I actually don't even have enough time to do the things I want to do because I'd forgotten that I had put all those things on the back burner. And then they come flooding in and I'm suddenly find myself going from being depressed to very happy. And you know me, Boogie, you know that that's not something that happens in my life. I don't easily go from depression to happy. So this is something that when I read it, I thought, oh my God, I got to talk to this, especially to the people who listen to our show, because they're so used to hearing me talk about the bad things in my life that I thought it would be nice to discuss um, things that in areas of my life that actually do go well without a lot of effort on my part. I find it very easy to to stop what I'm doing. And like I, I already said, figuratively turn around and look at uh, the rest of my life and realize, well, God damn it, I got a lot on my plate. I want There's a lot that I want to do. What the fuck am I so depressed about? Kathy, that is such an anomaly to how I perceive so many things about the void and Polly and your partner leaving. 
it's like I admire that. I admire that. It seems so foreign to me, and now I'm kind of experiencing it. And, of course, I've experienced other things. And like you said before, I'd like to get more into the other stuff uh, about the void that's for monogamous people as well as poly people Mm -hmm. and for anybody. But it's just it's inspiring to hear you talk about an actual turn and an actual kind of relief and happiness that comes from discovering that you do have other things in your life when your partner is not there. And surely you have limitless opportunities to create things and to take on new projects and learn new things. And like this guy talked about in the post, um, this is a chance for me to actually be with some of my other partners or go out and cultivate some of these relationships and potential play partners. Because a lot of times the void is like the codependency that hath been removed from the reality that you are actually not in a monogamous relationship and you are required to fill your own life with things other than your partner. Because like this guy talks about, sometimes there's the poly where it's like, oh yeah, we're poly, but nobody really has a full-time other partner that you don't share together or something. So it kind of then becomes like non-monogamy where you're, you get into that zone and you've spent so much time and you've talked about it where you spend a lot of time with Creative Explorer and then it's kind of like monogamous, but then all of a sudden, bam, he gets another partner yeah, And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's right. That we we're poly. Exactly. <laughs> this is, this is, this is what we, oh, I actually have to do. Cause then you're, cause the whole time you're like in that kind of like codependent denial. You're like, yeah, we're totally poly, but you know, we spend every moment together. So, so it's kind of like easy poly. I don't have to work on anything. I just tell myself I'm poly, but right. now all of a sudden my, uh, the most primary partner that I have, which is Mew is now literally pretty much living with this guy, Hmm. you know, in, in med school. And so we used to live together and now we don't live together. And now she lives with another guy. And so the void is something I really had to kind of look at because there was butthurt in there. Right. You know, I can't deny there's not. I'm not a compersion guy. Fuck this guy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure he's a swell hell of a guy and and, uh, she talks about him very highly and whatever. But the void for me had to point at my own codependency on the unhealthy side that I'm like, I can't depend on some other person to be there and validate me. For me, it's, it's... beyond sexuality it's beyond relationship i have to get up and live a life i can't just get into the i just can't stay in some zone where i'm not doing things and discovering things for myself like you talked about oh i got this video to do the thing and the guy was talking about you know the other opportunities he has you can get into that rut where you're just so used to the other person or even if you have more than one partner that you're still not exploring your life. Yeah, I and there's a good uh, a good thing that you bring that up because it's very true. It you can use that as a good barometer if the person that you're with suddenly has other partners or is spending time doing other things and you feel so bereft 
because you look around you and you find that your life is someone's turned the lights off because there's not a lot going on there. My friend, you got some problems because that means you've been neglecting your own mental health. That is not Amen. a healthy thing. Speak it, sister. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Church I'm like cock. waving my hands. <laughs> Church of cock. Lord of cock. Speak it, Reverend Kathy. And I've been there before. I don't like that place. I don't like when I've gone so far down the rabbit hole that I don't even realize I'm down there. And I look around and I feel sick to my stomach that I've allowed things to get that bad. In all honesty, it hasn't happened uh, for a long time. It used to happen to me a lot when I was younger. And I had to realize that there has to be a balance in life. There absolutely has to be a balance I can still prefer spending time with him and still enjoy the rest of my life. So it's a good thing. I mean, unless, of course, I've enacted the blackout, which I currently have, in which case I'm the one who brought this on, motherfucker, and I'm not going right. to see you for two and a half weeks. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. And let, yeah, you, you let him grovel. I'm really not a good chick wingman, you know. <laughs> no, I'm like, you're yeah, not. hun, we're gonna go get a Manny Petty. God damn it, <laughs> fuck him. You need a you need a makeover. Oh my God. This, this doesn't work when no. it comes from me. But I would no, because he's having a fabulous time. I was at at work going. I was. Oh no, wait. I don't get my bag ready to go tonight so when i leave from work tomorrow i go straight to his place and i did that thing where i i said remember kathy you gotta you gotta look at the rest of your life and suddenly i was like oh wait a second here i can totally sleep in on saturday i don't have to worry about <laughs> anything else i can do whatever the fuck i want and i was like oh yeah yeah i that's a good feeling. I've forgotten what that was like, that that my life is now my own. I'm going to binge on some goddamn Hulu, and I'm going to make <laughs> myself some French fucking toast. <laughs> it's true. It's goddamn true. But something that's also, to bring it back, once again, this applies to so many parts of your life, and monogamous relationships are no different. Because people have to go away for school, they have family obligations, they have work obligations. There is a lot of reasons that all of a sudden you're part of the, the pandemic, you know, obviously you don't get to see people as much and whatever. And it really does, like you said, all of a sudden shine the light on you and go, how much of your life have you spent building plans outside of your just zone in your relationship. And and that's what I kind of had to look at when I was feeling butthurt about all of a sudden Muse now living with this guy and it's not me and our dynamics changed and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, she doesn't owe me a life. Right. She doesn't owe me an existence. It, you know, when I was daddy to her and she was doing the MCAT thing, I was in a zone every day because I had a mission every day, you know, with her, with Bunny, with the other partners. I was in a zone. But now that that's kind of gone, I really have to, you know, I have the show, which has saved my life because, you know, I, I get to be the show daddy mm -hmm. and work on the show. And then I have therapy. You know, there are other things to do to be useful in life mm -hmm. other than just hold out for your your partners. Right. 
So I love this post. I, I It was at a perfect time for me. And I think it's at a perfect time for a lot of people because we're all in that void trying to discover things to do with our lives while we're still at the all this uncertainty and restriction. Right. Absolutely. That's a good post. Thank you once again to a mischief managed for letting mischief us Mischief managed and blown. <laughs> Oh yes, Mr. Weasley, I will buy your map. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, the Weasleys stole the map. Right. You know, and or got acquired it, it. And then they gave it to fucking Harry. Right. Who, you know, didn't really use it well. Harry did not use shit well. I just got to say, I was disappointed in Harry Potter in a lot of ways. We all know what you would do with it, Boogie, okay? Fucking give me that invisibility cloak. I'm going to go look at some pussies, man. I'm just going to go. Or I'm going to just sneak into the girl's room. I'll tell them. I'm not going to be all rapey or whatever. You know, maybe my fantasy is just a little. But, you know, I'm going to mischief manage. I'm going to check this shit. I'm going to know where everyone is. And I'm just going to be like, I'm coming to your room tonight, Hermione. And Ew. we're going to do some shit. Stop it. Gross. What do you mean gross? What gross that people have intercourse, Catherine? No, that pervs like you would put on an invisibility cloak and go and watch naked women without their consent, Mr. Man. <laughs> it's a fantasy and I can do whatever I want in my head. Because, <laughs> right, in your fantasy in your head, Hermione secretly likes it. That's the thing. It's not rape if they're secretly wanted and then we had some weird subliminal psychic dream fantasy negotiation where she's like, come in here and I'm not going to remember that we had this conversation until after the act. And then I'm going to be like, oh, yes, this worked out perfectly. I totally am a better person because of this play scene. Don't even now I can't even have fantasies. (laughs) All right. You can have your stupid fantasy. I want the invisibility cloak, man. Okay. See well, some shit. Get together with Bunny, yeah. and I'm sure she'll play along with you. Oh yes, Bunny will come under the cloak with me, and then we will both go in pub. <laughs> Mischief managed. <laughs> Love to read your letters. Hope it never stops. We're gonna read your letters on perverted mailbox. I have a few short ones, actually. Uh, Matt wrote to us. And he says, do you guys talk about furries on your show? Do you have episodes where you all focus on that topic? Because I'd really like to know. And hopefully you can give your opinions on furries. Here's the thing, Boogie. Yeah. I wish I knew more about furries because it it is a topic that has fascinated me. Unfortunately, I have zero experience with it. I Other than watching uh, Unger every once in a sure. while dress up that's about it but i don't think he's a furry is he no but i mean there's furries that are furry just like any kind of any kink there's people that are committed to it full time and then there are weekend warriors you know that just enjoy it when they enjoy it or whatever so i think as far as a role play uh a lot more people enjoy that, but you kind of have to have the outfit. Right. You know, but as far as pet play and furry play, I'm kind of like you. I don't have a whole lot of experience other than knowing people that are furries and they talk about their costumes and, and, uh, 
Yeah. You know, they really like, get into that mode. Like Lorelai Mission, who I used to do, um, who's like used to be huge in the BDSM uh, video community. I've done uh, videos with her that I've talked about on the show. And she has literally like 12 gorilla costumes and furry costumes. And, and you know, like she has spent time in those costumes. Right. And and enjoys the space of becoming that furry. And then, of course, the sexual versus non-sexual aspects of it, just like pet play or age play. Um, right. I've, it would be neat to have a real, I think we, haven't we? No, we never have. I mean, we, so cosplay is not the same as being a furry. And Littles, of course, Littles, cosplay, and furries can have some overlap, I would imagine. It's just that from the little I do know about furries, which admittedly is not a lot, there is a, a a way that they really get in touch with that animal part of themselves. Sure. It it's not it's not just cosplay to them. And so I what surprises the fuck out of me is that here in Los Angeles, where there is so much crossover, where we even have um, you know, kinky gaming nights, we've I've never seen any crossover from the furry community if indeed there is even one here in LA. Oh, we've had it. We've had it at Threshold. I I'm sure they've that come in in full costume, not often. Yeah, not very often. More pet play. A lot of pet play people exactly. come in. Exactly. And I that think that are that dressed up that uh, pet play and the others that I've mentioned can become um you know, it's a it all grade together. You can look at someone and go, well, this person's dressed up. Are they into pet play? Are they a furry? Are they a little? What's going or are they into cosplay? And it could be any one of those. And I think maybe that's the reason why it's hard to find someone who is strictly a furry identifies that way and can talk about it. But let me tell you, if there's anybody out there listening, any of our listeners who have any expertise in this area or if indeed they are a furry, I would love to hear from them. It would be a really cool thing to interview them. I think it would be great. I am very, very excited. And maybe you and I can do a little more investigation and at least find some of the basic philosophies because that's kind of like what our job is on the show. Oh, it is? Even if we don't. <laughs> yeah, we've done that a lot with all sorts of. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! Yes, oh, it's our. Are you in your car outside of Starbucks yelling, bitch? No, I'm in the Lowe's David's Bridal some weird sports shop. I'm back in okay. my like big wide open space. So I can go. And nobody cares. There's a tree <laughs> that's next to me and some cars that are parked. All right. Well, maybe one of us will look into that. No. Yeah. Well, meaning me. Thanks. Oh yeah. I'll get on <laughs> it. All right. I have one more email from Mel who wrote in to us and says, Kathy, I totally meant to email yesterday, but I got sidetracked with my Christmas tree crap and other stuff. And now it's almost the end of the day, and I just now remembered. Happy birthday, you delectable damsel of deviosity. I hope your day was filled with fellating and fornicating all the loves and hugs, even if they are a tad late. That is quite a mouthful of an email. She, I think she just made up a word, deviosity, and I love her for it. Thank you so deviosity much, Deviosity is a good word. <laughs> deviosity is urban dictionary worthy for damn sure. Hey, man. I was going to ask you. Well, first uh -huh. off, Kathy. Yes. We have to play you the birthday song. <gasps> Happy birthday. You're a pervert. Get your spankings. Happy birthday. Whips and crops and canes. Oh, thank you. This day we celebrate the pervert that is you. Because when you're kinky, you can have your cake and beat it too. Wah, wah, 
birthday, you are great. <laughs> yes, Kathy. Yeah. Happy birthday. Now, then we talked before that. Weren't you with Creative Explorer on your birthday? Yes, it was a crazy day in which everybody made plans and then the lockdown went into stricter effect and we couldn't get together. We were we were going to do something light anyway. And it was a big jumble of a crazy day where we ended up. I came back home here and had brunch with my sister. Right. And Creative Explorer, to my great shock, said, I want to go with you. And I'm all, what? <laughs> what? You You want to leave the house and actually come to my place? And so... He came with me and we sat down. We had a lovely impromptu brunch in the patio. We exchanged gifts. Uh, then we went back home and I had to cancel a, an evening that we were going to get together with my goddaughter because her birthday was the very next day. Um, you know what we ended up doing? He said, but I want you to have something you want to do. Because I had told him that traditionally my sister and I, we would go to Carney's every year on our birthday and have lunch because Carney's was a place. It's a chili hamburgers and hot dogs place here right. in, in the, valley yeah, the, the railroad the box they converted the box car into the yes. restaurant is it that carney's yes it's yeah ventura boulevard amazing i i love it and we've been going there since we were in high school but but they weren't they weren't even doing um it's not shut down but they're only doing a takeout and delivery so yeah, uh, we couldn't do that, and I said, and Creative Explorer just was so nice. He's all, I, but we should still do something that you want to do. What, what do you want to do? And dick. Said, you know what? Well, hey, it's not all did... about the dick. Oh my Although god, you didn't get laid on your birthday. You didn't get laid on your birthday. Did all right. <laughs> well, get to that. Who though. cares about the hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, you. I'm trying to tell you something that you did was nice because I couldn't go to Carney's. It goes, where do you? Where else you want to go? And I said, I want to go to this place that I haven't been to in literally decades. That is my favorite pizza on the planet. It's Numero Uno. Numero Uno. That is some straight up '80s shit right there. It totally is. There used to be one down the street from my house. They closed down. I didn't even know they were still open. And we found one just a mere 15 minutes away from where he lives. And I was just through the roof. I was so happy. So we went, we ordered it, picked it up, brought it back home. I got my numero uno. It was a surprisingly uh, toned down, but nice birthday. I had a great time. But then he slid his little explorer into you. <laughs> his little explorer. He just, he just, he just turned on the four wheel drive of his little explorer and went vroom vroom, wiki 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 wiki. Ah! Why is his penis squeaking? Why does it have to squeak like that? Well, because you went through menopause and you're dry. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. why you gotta get an old lady dig in there? That's just mean. <laughs> You just walked into it. That's why. And I'm you're a dick. so mean. <laughs> Mel is nice to me. She calls me all kinds of nice things, and you're just a dick. I, I played a, you know, I played a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess that's all that. I can hope for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't let me give you a hand job. A hand job? No, I'm gonna hand yeah. job from you. I wouldn't even let Mew give me a hand job. Why would I let you do it? Touche. <laughs> Perverted Podcast Listener Segway. Joe, this is a magical time. Do you know what this means, Joe? We're live. That means that we are actually now in 
the Love Locker. The which, Love Locker. <laughs> which you have now <laughs> named Count Boogie's storage unit. This is fantastic. I was like, hey, this is the, literally the first time that I have record with another human being and probably like... Oh, well, thank you for recognizing I'm human. That you, Well, you know, <laughs> you are a dude, so you, you, have, you have dude deficit. But uh, we do have you live and... And here in the love locker, locker. the love. The, well, that's great because I don't have a love lab. But now this uh, the in the storage unit, Joe comes in. He's all, "Oh, you mean like the love locker?" And I go, "Yes, this is <laughs> this is the love locker." The love locker, Joe. God damn it! It's really good to see you again. It's good to be here. You had a big trip yesterday where you went into the yes, desert did. and did some photographs. Yep. Played bongos. Played bongos in the drums. Played out in the middle of nowhere with nobody around for miles so yeah. it was pandemic friendly it was i was definitely social distancing from the world <laughs> social distancing i was a hundred miles north of here right in yeah. the middle of nowhere that is playing a- my bongos that is amazing joe very 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 excited to hear that so you brought with you kathy and i i bitched about this literally for Hi, 10 kathy. minutes at the beginning of yeah. the show and here it is this is it the, the box. box. The box that has traveled apparently all over America that we are now going to open. Wow, I don't even have a mic stand. This is it. This is the jerky. This is it. Sorry, I don't have my drums to do a drum beat on it. it. Would be, well, now, of course, it doesn't fucking open. <laughs> and let me give you a play-by-play. He's ripping up the box. He's pulling out the ham. Oh, my God. He is amazed by the ham. We have ham. Oh my God! Look at it, Joe. That's a almost two pounds. Almost two pounds of ham, and it's only going to cost you a handling fee of one pound. Oh my God! It's been all over, Joe. Yes. Would you like to partake? I think we need to partake in ham. Magic ham. Oh my God! It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Okay, you can smell it, the honey bake. Oh my God, Joe! For you, reach in, grab yourself a nice big. Oh, that smells so good. Just oh okay oh yeah, give it a bite. Oh, yum! I'll just leave it at that. Nothing more needs to be said. Yum, dude, that totally works as beef jerky. Oh yes, it definitely does. <laughs> An eighty dollar honey baked ham converted into beef. Jer- That's fucking good. Oh yes, it is. Num num num. We're just gonna have a little uh, man meat. Bonding time right now. <laughs> I never thought I'd be bonding with a man and and meat over meat. Yeah, over meat. That was pretty good. Oh my god! So Joe, the reason I have you down here is because, of course, you. How long have you been in the in the kink community? Uh, about twenty years, maybe a little longer now. And you've been active most of that, obviously yes, I now. Have. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, but you're pretty active, you know, in the past. Yeah, everything's dead for the last year, but basically a year. But you have a, you're the guy that makes all the leather stuff. Yes, I do. For the new Perverted Podcast listeners, Joe is our leather working guy. He makes amazing things. We're trying to get him more into actually making stuff to sell for people because it's incredible and you have time now. But, Whoa, but, too much time. But then you have to deal with people's shit. <laughs> they order stuff. So Joe doesn't really want to start his Etsy 
page or whatever. Well, that's not entirely true. I don't want to make a hobby and a hobby and something I really love into a job. I feel you. But you do make stuff for people. Oh, yes. Quite a few. So if they want to find, where can they actually look at some of the stuff you made? I mean, we've shown stuff that you've yeah, made on the I'm show. On, uh, I'm on Fat Life on M underscore Gray, G-R-E-Y. Okay. Uh, that's the, I have got a lot of pictures there. All right. So if you want to go and look at some of Joe's cool leather work, he's made like little Hitachi holders and, you know, uh, Bunny and Muse cat mask and bunny mask that they love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love watching the videos with them wearing it. Oh, my God. There, I mean, there's a few other people around who have my masks and a bunch of my toys and stuff. But you know, like I said, it's more of labor of love than something I want to turn into a job. I hear you. I hear you. But if you ever did want to make it a job, you know, we want to support you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. That beef jerky. That was so good. Ham jerky. Ham jerky. Oh, my God. In okay. the love locker. Got to stick in the love locker. <laughs> this is a big day. This is a very big day for us. This is moving in some direction. And, of course, you had COVID. Yes, I did. You had COVID in March. In March. And that was a thrill. I was one of the first people in San Fernando Valley to have it. That was a thrill for you. I think I might have had it in February. I haven't had the antibody test, but I had all Mm -hmm. the things that they they had. And that was uh, about a year ago. So we are, but we are for everyone. We are social distancing. We are still six feet. We came in with masks and everything. We are now over six feet apart and obviously not using masks. So we can talk into the microphone. So I don't want people to think Mm -hmm. that we're not, you know, being supportive of the system that's in place. But you have a couple experiences that you filled out on the questionnaire. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of them. I got a lot of them, but I picked a couple of them that were interesting. <laughs> I don't know which one to pick. I have my notes scribbled on my hand. Well, let's I'm, go. Let's go with the serious one first, then the funny wait. one. Okay, the first one was a rope experience. Yes, it was. And the lesson here is: save the bottom, cut the rope. Yep. Go ahead and tell that story. All right. So my normal play place is Layer de Sod. All right. That's normally where it can be found. One of the features they have there is basically an arch it's uh, four by eights stacked on top of each other you know two uh, two vertical one horizontal you know and it makes a nice frame for hanging somebody off of basically and i had my partner carpenter hanging from there with uh, her wrists above her head right and i had rope basically strung you know between her legs right and she nice. loves she loves to squirm she loves to fight you know she loves to try and get out of her bondage and that's just a game we always play you know, when we play, we, we play, we have fun, we laugh, we enjoy. And this one time she squirmed and did something and that rope pinched her, basically caught her labia. Ah, oh yeah. I she didn't have a labia and that hurt. Oh yeah. She gave out a hell of a scream. Oh my God. I tried pulling the rope loose, but it, you know, it didn't come loose. So I always keep safety gear with me, especially a pocket knife, you know, and I'm not afraid to cut my rope. My submissives are more important to me than my rope. I can replace my rope. Absolutely. Right. You know, so I just pop out my pocket knife and cut the rope immediately and, you know, seen over at that point. Right, right. You right. know, now now it's worry about her health. Is she okay and all that? You know, dark dungeon. Here I am with a flashlight making sure all the pieces are still in place. <laughs> Checking the floor for pieces for blood. of labia. Yeah, for blood, for whatever. You know, it's just like you didn't see anything, but she got a bad pinch. You know, that boy. So, like, that was the end. You know, we didn't play for about two weeks after that, you know, because she was definitely bruised. Yeah. Yeah. But first off, kudos. You know what? A, a $20, 30 rope is, is surely not worth 
somebody's uh, especially exactly. that injury. Yeah. You, there is vaginas are worth a lot. Yes, they are. Vaginas are incredibly valuable pieces of real estate on a woman, and it's much more valuable than a thirty dollar, twenty thirty dollars. Yeah, because this, this was just a simple piece of cotton bondage rope, so I really didn't care. Even yeah. if, even if it was my you know, two hundred dollar Kimbaku rope, I'd still cut it. You know because they're important to me. I mean, I've heard other other doms and tops say, "Oh, I'm never cutting my rope." Bullshit! I'm cutting my rope. I don't care. Yeah, I, rope can be replaced. Rope can absolutely be replaced. And so I, I just surely wanted to set the the kudos. Now then, I want to also acknowledge the fact that there is an urge in some people to protect the gear, and you you, you in the in that moment. Yeah. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't want to shame that moment that you're like, oh shit, and you try to figure out a way to to kind of save the thing. But there does come a point. Where it's like that's the risk, yeah. Part uh-huh. of the it's not just to you and to the bottom. If you're a top and you have a lot of equipment, there is a risk to your equipment that if something goes wrong, you have to put in place beforehand. The bottom, this person that I am playing with, is more important than this gear. Yeah, it it's definitely you have to have that in your head. Everything it's like I have, I make whatever, I can replace it. Right. The person I'm playing with, if I damage them, it's like, well, that's a guilt feeling you're going to have for a long time. You know, and then more than likely, if you're more worried about your gear, you're going to lose the person you're with. And I actually respect my subs. You know, hey, well, that's that's why they play with you. I'm excited to hear stories like that. And and once again, it, it seems instinctive that that's oh, that's just the right thing to do. No, it's should, definitely just, not instinctive. You should just. That's what you should do. But you like should I just said, sacrifice the first, your thing. First thing I did was reach down and try to pull the rope. When, right. I, when I couldn't get my fingers, you know, against her body, I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah, I got to cut the rope. It. Yeah, that's not going to work. Mm. So, so it's good. And for those people that are playing in those situations, that urge is there. You have to talk to yourself before. That's what training is for. That's why it's really good to train with rope. It's really good oh, to learn definitely. how definitely. to do these things. It's really good to know what your safety equipment is, that you at least have a knife, preferably safety scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, some way to handle the situation. And then you need to mentally walk through yeah. what happens if this happens. Definitely. At what definitely. point do I have to push aside that protect my gear thing and do what's right which is to protect the other now, for, for me my emergency kit i keep with me i have a multi-tool i have a you know emt scissors i have a, a rope cutting knife but then i always keep a pocket knife in my pocket good and you know it's like do i move the six feet away dig take a minute or dig through the bag or do i pull out my pocket knife that's in my pocket yeah and it was just quicker doing it that way that time sure I mean, if there's knots and stuff like that, you might have to use the EMT scissors. Right. But in this case, I could cut high above her. Right. And just not worry about it. It drops the rope and done. Yeah. Well, very good. And so you guys have recovered and uh, played. Oh, yeah. Definitely years now. It's very, very good. Mm -hmm. And her labia is is okay. Yes. (laughs) She's definitely fine. Just want to make sure. Does it curl up when you come into the room? (laughs) No, but we don't. No, but we don't play with the ropes quite that same way anymore. <laughs> You're all, you know what? Let's just, there's a Hitachi. We'll use that oh, on yeah. the ground where it's nice and yeah, nice and safe. Well, that's a good story, Joe. Thank you so much for sharing that one. Then now we have to get Now we'll in. segue into the fun one. Let's segue. And it's fun. This is an example, I will say, and we've talked about this on the show before, Joe. When the top 
has a reputation of being overly serious, this type of situation is doomsday for that top because we are all waiting for overly serious dominant male, female, doesn't matter. We are waiting for them to have some sort of mistake happen so we can laugh at them because they take themselves serious. So another tip, it's okay to be serious in a scene and have a serious scene. But if you try to present yourself to an entire community as like super uber serious, <laughs> I'm telling you, a moment like this, I would be riding your ass for the next hundred oh, years. Yeah. But you have fun and, and so this is a fun scene. But why don't you go ahead and talk about the tickling scene okay. that went awry? This is kind of the same thing. I had her in the in the frame, right? Hands above her head, her feet are free, and when I say hands above her head, she is basically barely on her feet and this was a normal position for us right this is where we always played my cuffs that i make and i make hand grips to go with them so she's easily supporting herself right no strain on her body right but we had a game we always played and it's a tickle game you know i tickle her from every side she tries to avoid me and we have an understanding if i'm tickling her she is in no no fault for anything that happens Right, and I, it's get, such a re- it's I get just kicked, such a I get body blowed. You know, I mean, she'll she'll hip bump me, and I mean, she's knocked me a couple feet over. You know, sometimes I'll poke her with canes and stuff like that. Just all all different stuff I could figure out to tickle her with, and it's one of her love hate scenes, right? And this one time we were playing, and I'm I'm not that tall. I'm about five seven, right? But she's maybe five one, five two. Right, she's a tiny thing. And she flings her foot up and kicks me right in the face. <laughs> From the ground? From the ground. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking to myself, and I was happened to wear my glasses that day. Normally I don't play with my glasses on, but that for some reason I had them on. My glasses go flying off, bounce into a wall, right? And I'm standing there for a second going, well, okay. I guess that's over with. <laughs> and she's freaking out. And I'm just laughing my head off because I can't believe this five foot two girl from the ground. Absolutely. That is a tickle response. Yeah. And I, the worst part is I'm almost face to face with her. So I can't figure out how she did that. <laughs> like literally from the ground, a sweeping yep. clockwise. Yeah. It was like, you know, something Kung Fu fighter. You know, Wah! Oh my god! <laughs> and were there people around in the dungeon? To oh see yes! This? Oh yes! So you did not escape? Nope. Uh-uh. You but this not- is like you, people understand, you know, that we when we play, we play, we have fun, we enjoy ourselves. You know, we're not over serious. You know, I am not domly dom man. Right. No, I, I have fun. I go into play. You know, that's what I'm doing. You know, so like everybody's seen us play like this before. But it was just the glasses, and, you know, it's like people are talking all of a sudden, dead silence. I mean, there was only maybe 10 people in the dungeon. But, I mean, that moment, there's dead silence. And then I just start laughing. And then everybody kind of got caught up in that moment is laughing, too. You know, it's like, That's but great. she's freaking out because she just kicked me in the face. <laughs> Boot to the head, Joe. Oh, God, I'm glad she wasn't wearing shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. Oh. I've had situations like that. Mm. And, and of course, when I trained as a massage therapist, mm. you're trained how mm. to triangulate away from the kick. Because when you do work on people and you hit that trigger point that they've been protecting for six oh, months yeah. and you hit that thing, it causes a jump and they will kick. And you have to learn 
but there's always that time. I even, I never got kicked by a client when I was doing massage, but uh, I've had to dodge. I've definitely had to dodge a, a few swings and whatevers. And once again, that's also kind mm-hmm. of part of the game. And you just got to have a good attitude oh, yeah. about it, it. Like I said, we had fun together. There was only one person. There was one person there, though, that just gave me that look. And he always used to make comments about my style of play. Oh, of course. A uh, real Dom wouldn't play like that. He was one of the best wearers. He was overly serious. No real Dom would play that. I'm sorry. This is the way I play. That's the way you play. It's like, I'm having fun. We're having fun. It was great. And just, just seeing that whole room laughing with us was still fantastic. We had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, people, I mean, because we were playing this tickling scene for almost 20 minutes. All right. right. And this one, I remember a couple people came up and said, man, that was the most fun scene I've ever seen. I was like, it was great. We had a great time. Tickling minus yeah. the boot to the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, minus the ninja kick. Because then you got to go and like cool. Like it's cool when you're playing. Like I showed you this flogger. You said yeah. you saw this flogger here and it used to be looped ends. And I tell Joe and I'm like, yeah, I cut all the loops off because I can't tell you how many times those looped ends caught my glasses <laughs> and literally hurled them into people. Mm-hmm. I've had my glasses literally like go in front of people. And then you look at them and they look at you and you're like. Can I can I get those back? What? But the bottom is faced the other way, uh-huh. so she can't see. So I can still look cool to her. I just say, "Stay where you are." What are I need what you are to the think best, about this for a second. What are the I best go, pieces of advice I ever got about playing in a scene? If you ever drop a flogger, right? Drop the other one. Make it look like you mean it. <laughs> go I'm on to the done. next thing. Yeah, <laughs> drop it. Go on to the next toy. Make it look like you're. You know. <laughs> I get caught all the time. <laughs> bottoms are like did you just drop something and i'm like yeah you drop one you throw the other one down make it look like it's part of the scene grab your next toy you yeah. hold put your hand yeah. on them and go have you learned your lesson yet yeah exactly you'll make it fun ah that's amazing uh-huh. it is fun to be in the dungeon i do miss being in the dungeon or the club whatever you want to call those things yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll get back to it but it is good to tell stories and to get us prepared because people are having private parties with people like in their Social distance circles, groups, yeah. Yeah, their groups where everyone got COVID tested. And so they're having some private parties are happening all over the world. Little ones, you know, like five, six mm-hmm. people. Uh, and that's good. And so we still need to talk about things to look out for in, oh, in your public play. But uh, Joe, thank you. Would you like some jerky oh, to yes. take home? Yes. That's, well, that's my happy treat for doing this. Let's uh, get in there and get some get some more. We'll make a little get back because i don't uh thank you very much because i know that if that pound and a half bag sits here in two hours i'm gonna be oh sick. yeah i could see why i'm gonna be really really sick mm-hmm. but uh thanks for coming out joe all right i've and, enjoyed i've enjoyed my visit to the love locker <laughs> the love locker needs a jingle <laughs> now this is great all right live from the love locker very very good joe we'll see you on the next one all right take care play safe not tonight i have a headache why you never know what to touch on my balls? We talked about a lot of food in this show, Kathy. <laughs> so much dehydrated ham, I don't know what to do with it. Fucking Carney's hot dogs, numero yeah. pizza. I'm like sitting oh here my jerking God. off. <laughs> like, oh my uh, God. My mouth is watering. <laughs> oh my God, I can put used to that. What? Ah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. All right, let's end the Sex show. away! <laughs> Sex <laughs> That's like fabulous Santa. sex away from Ronco. I'm <laughs> uh, like sex away. <laughs> Keep it with your rice aroni, the San Francisco treat, and turtle wax car <laughs> polish. John, tell him what he's won. <laughs>
<laughs> Let's just do the end of show. And that's show 289, boys and girls. Don't forget that if you're feeling lonely throughout the week as you wait longingly for the next show to upload, open your laptop and drop us a line at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or fetlife.com forward slash pervertedpodcast. We're always happy to exploit your lives for our own personal gain. And on that note, swing by patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. <laughs> Consider supporting the show with as little as $5 every month. That's the cost of a grande cafe mocha, you cheap motherfucker. So pry open that wallet and put those five singles where they'll do some good. That's all the shame and humiliation I've got for our listeners, Boogie. Go, go, guilt, guilt, go, go. <laughs> guilt and shame. We can't do it on the merits of our talents. No. Then let's use guilt and shame. <laughs> Man, of our talents have... has not worked, okay? <laughs> Although, I hate saying that shit because I absolutely adore our Patreon supporters. They're just so fucking amazing. It has worked, Kathy. It's worked very well. <laughs> yes, but, you we know, guilt them. and shame every now and again is funny for those who <laughs> fall for it. Fortunately, our glorious show sponsor, Headley, loves us for our content and for the mission that we put out. No, the mission that we perform or put out. We put out a mission? What? I don't know what we do. We do something. We do something. He likes but it. But Headley appreciates it. We like but Headley Headley. Appreci- <laughs> Thank you, Headley! <laughs> and our glorious patrons. And that is amazing. So thank you, Guilt and Shame. But more importantly, it is a great time for all of us to find one new thing. To get ourselves out of the void and into our life. What is that one new thing? Today I applied to one new uh, job search website so I can hopefully find more opportunities for a job that will hopefully get me out of uh, a negative situation. So what is your one thing that you're going to do? Are you going to learn some language? Are you going to do some art? Are you going to watch something? What is your one thing to get you out of your void? Write us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you're doing positive for yourself. We love you guys, and we will talk to you on the next show. We've evolved. Do you wake up at night to find aliens burning crop circles in your pubes? Is your bush so thick that we don't even know if you're a chick? Or a dude Trim your snatch Don't be a monkey Shave your balls They smell kinda funky We've evolved So take a little care Cause nobody wants to Joke on your pubic hair Has the forest ranger stuck a ticket between your thighs for creating a fire hazard? Take some scissors to that hairy wild buffalo crutch and clean up that disaster. Trim your snatch. Don't be a monkey. Shave your balls. They smell kind of funky. We be balls. So take a little care. Cause nobody wants to choke on your pubic hair. Boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop.
it's natural to have a hairy beaver. Well, taking a dump is natural too, but that doesn't turn me on either. You say people who groom are insecure and giving into a fashion phase. Then why don't you get in a time machine and take your snobby, hippie, furry genitals straight back to the caveman days? Trim your snatch! Don't be a monkey! Shave your balls! They smell kinda funky! We be balls! So take a little care! Cause no 